Welcome along to the Sporting Heroes podcast. My name's Matt Jones and my guest for this episode is someone who is one of the best bowlers in women's cricket. In fact, she's ranked as the top bowler in T20 cricket and she has already taken uh, well over 100 wickets for her country as well as plenty for Lancashire as well. She was born in Chester. She's a massive Evertonian and it's a warm welcome to Sophie Eccleston. Hello, you all right? I'm very well, thanks. Uh, great to have you on. Uh, so you're a local cricketer. Uh, you were born in Chester. Uh, you're a massive Everton fan as well. So were, were football and cricket always the two sports for you growing up? Yeah, when I was growing up, it was always between if I was going to be a footballer or a cricketer. And my brother and my dad taught me all I know now, and I chose cricket in the end. Um, from a footballing and cricketing point of view, what opportunities were there for you to play both when you were growing up? I used to play for like a development for Cheshire when I was younger, played football for them and there was always a lot of opportunities playing cricket. There was, I played for Cheshire, then I moved to Lancashire and I was also part of the England's development programmes when I was like 14, 15 years old. Because if you look now, uh, the women's game in both football and cricket is absolutely booming. It's come a, a significant way, I would guess, even over the last 10 years since you were trying to start out. Yeah, it's come a long way now. Like the whole... World Cup win in 2017 that the girls won. It was obviously amazing. Like, I've sold out loads. And what's just happened recently in Australia with the MCG, it's obviously an amazing time to be part of women's cricket. We'll talk about that uh, T20 tournament in a moment or two. Um, but from a, a footballing point of view, let's just have a quick chat about Everton. Uh, why the Blues? Oh, my brother and my dad used to support them when I was younger, so I kind of just adopted it now. And I'm a season ticket holder. I share one with my dad, so when I go away, he has it on vice versa so it's actually quite good to go to the game every Saturday Can you remember your first game? Uh, yeah it was the we lost 2-1 to Tottenham I was really young I think it was like when I was 8 or 9 I think I went with my dad and yeah we lost 2-1 but it was obviously a great great time to go to the game And uh, from your point of view as well how much do you still get to go because obviously as a cricketer you are touring a lot during the winter Yeah and so me and my dad share tickets when I'm home like I always go but it's quite hard really to go to the game because sometimes when the midweek games are on, it's, I'm always training at Loughborough at the weekends. I'm always away on tour. I miss quite a few games at a time. But yeah, when I'm home, it's like my first priority. And um, from a playing point of view, who were the ones that you looked at when you were growing up as a as a footballer and you looked at those uh, Everton players and thought, oh, they're, they're the ones who are my favourites? Oh, I was always Leighton Baines when I was younger. I was always <laughs> left midfield. I was left footed, so... Leighton Baines was my idol. I was number three for every team that I played for. Uh, let's talk cricket then. Um, as I've said, uh, when you were growing up, you or as you've said, you were, you were really beginning to make waves uh, playing for your district and then your county and then uh, in the England development side as well. What age were you when you thought, I can make it as a professional cricketer? I think it was about uh, 60, 15. I think I was quite late really that I found out that I could make a career in my sport and be professional and get paid for what I do and I kind of always play cricket for the enjoyment and to play with my friends, but when I was about 16, I thought, oh, I can actually make a living out of this. Then a year later, I made my debut. It was quite a quick turnaround. A ridiculously young age, you made your England debut, which must have been absolutely incredible. What were you, 15, 16 at the time? I, was, I just turned 17. I was a month after my 17th birthday. So what was that game? Can you remember it well? It was at Bristol, and uh, I think Danny White would tell, would tell the story there. Well, I didn't eat all day. It was a... Uh, a half two start and I was a T twenty, so I was I was too nervous to all day and my family came down and they all watched me make my debut and I got my first wicket too. 
Um, so when you were growing up, presumably you were playing a lot in the, the men's cricketing sides as well, because, and I know I play uh, cricket myself, not to any kind of level that you play, but there aren't that many female teams around. Yeah, when I was younger, I used to train with the boys and used to turn up on a game day and the would like, a girl playing for them. Was obviously, I didn't really um, take it to heart. I just thought I'd just show them on the pitch and I'll get them out. But then when I was younger, I was the only girl playing in the club. And then now there's a whole girls session on a Friday that goes on and there's about 40 girls up there playing cricket. It's obviously amazing to see now. Yeah, I was going to say, that must be great for you to look at and think of how far that game has come in even just a short space of time. Yeah, it's obviously amazing. Like when I was younger, I was the only girl at the cricket club to play, and I was with all the boys. And now all the girls are looking up to me and saying, "I want to be like you. I want to play cricket, uh, for, like for my career." And it's quite crazy that they look up to people like us and the England women's team and all the international teams around. Cricket's very different to football um, because the pathway into professional cricket kind of very different to a football one where maybe you you might be in an academy from the age of six or seven if you're going to be a professional footballer but for a cricketer you can be working your way up into a first team and then that might be the first time that you get picked up by your county so there is always a much stronger connection I think to your club side than there is in football how much do you enjoy going back to your local club side and maybe still pulling on the whites every now and again yeah it's obviously amazing to go and play for all of me with my brother, especially, like, all the lads are, like, brothers to me. And my brother James, like, when we get to play together, I think my dad and my mum love coming to watch us both play like we used to. And there's not many games that I can play each year because, obviously, the summer's quite full. But when I get to go up and I always go and watch my brother play, no matter if I can play or not, and go and watch him and support him. Brilliant stuff. It's Radio City Talk. My name's Matt Jones and I'm speaking to Sophie Eccleston, who is an England international cricketer, one of the best bowlers in the world as well. In fact, I think you are officially the best T20 bowler, aren't you? Yeah, towards the end of the World Cup, the ICC rankings came out and yeah, for T20, I'm the top bowler, so it's quite an honour to be named that. A nice thing to have on your CV after only 34 uh, internationals and at the age of only 20 as well. Uh, You've achieved quite a lot in a very short space of time, really. Yeah, I have. It's quite crazy how it's all happened really. like making my debut at 17. I didn't really start like, really making like, a thing I could make create of it until I was 15, 16, as I said. So for it all to be moving so quickly now and be playing in World Cups and World Stage, it's obviously quite surreal and amazing. Um, what are the best countries to tour or play against when you're a professional cricketer? I think uh, the West Indies obviously a good one. Like, the World Cup was there two years ago and like, Antigua and St. Lucia, like, the places we were playing in and the beaches and like the cricket over there is obviously amazing it's it's so weird it's a different culture and obviously Australia is a great place to go it's a main place for cricket and there's a lot of good players that play there as well um, in terms of the cricketing countries that you go to as well how are they in terms of their development in women's cricket obviously Australia are, are one of if not one of the best if not the best in the world do other test nations like the West Indies who the men's side would play against are, are they the same in terms of their development I think it's quite weird uh, how uh, things are different in different countries how people progress but everyone every countries aim for the same thing Australia are quite ahead with what they're doing they're kind of leading the whole thing now but I think we're not far behind as England and the ECB but I think the more money we get into the game now it's there's so many more professional cricketers and especially Pakistan and obviously India are a great world stage for cricket and they love cricket over there and how much publicity they get is amazing. And you've played in World Cups. Um, we've got to mention the T20 World Cup that took place earlier this year. 
I mean, I thought that England winning the World Cup, uh, the Men's World Cup in 2019 on boundary count was uh, was a strange one. But England's women's team getting knocked out because they finished second in their group and therefore the semi-final didn't get played was an even stranger one. Yeah, it's obviously really good for some of the girls. I know a few of them are getting quite old now and there might not be many more World Cups for them, but and that might be their last World Cup and some of them might not play again. It's obviously really sad to... I've gone out like that, but hopefully the rules get changed in the future and it never happens again. What's it like getting picked to play in a World Cup and then subsequently playing in a World Cup? Yeah, it's obviously amazing getting picked for one and then the actual actually playing in it, like the first time he pulled on that red new like the new red kit, it was actually to start the World Cup and it's always surreal playing in your first World Cup with all the atmosphere going on, but some of the best experiences I've ever experienced. It must have been like a childhood dream come true as well. Yeah, I think it was like the like when I played for the in the Ashes in Australia, I made the Test debut. My mum and dad were on the pitch, and I got presented my cap. It's obviously a surreal moment, and playing in the World Cups is obviously one of the best things you can do. And the whole atmosphere of that, the and the whole noise of the publicity of playing in the World Cup and on the radios and on TV, it's amazing to be a part of. We'll get onto your sporting hero in a mo, uh, but you've taken over a hundred wickets for your country. Which one sticks out the most? Oh, I don't know. I think there's a few that I've um, that I like. I think some of the Ashes ones. I think it's quite hard, really. <laughs> I think when you're taking wickets in Test matches, they don't come around very often. So, I think I've got three for the one in England just gone. So, I think Meg Lanning is obviously one of the best batters in the world, and getting her out and changing the game was a big one. Brilliant stuff. Right, it's Radio City Talk. My name's Matt Jones and Sophie Eccleston, England uh, bowler, joining me right now. Uh, let's get on to your sporting hero then. As you've mentioned, when you were growing up, there maybe wasn't quite as much of a profile for women's cricket or women's football or any women's sport as, as there is now. So so who would it have been that you looked up to? Well, I think it was my, my brother and my dad to start off with. Like They taught me all I knew with football and cricket. But then as soon as we started going to watch Lancashire men play, me and my brother really liked Fast Duplessis. He was one of the best players we've ever seen and my brother loved him, so I kind of took the love from what my brother liked for him and I liked him too. He's another one who has played local cricket. I think he played for Ramsbottom maybe, so these people who come over or they start in the, the local leagues before they get picked up by a county and then eventually their country, it kind of it gives any aspiring young cricketer that kind of pathway to follow. Yeah, it's obviously amazing to know that they've played um, local cricket. Like It's weird that you might have played against him and now he's one of the best batters in the world. It's obviously quite weird when they come over. And I know quite a lot of professional creators play quite local cricket. I remember Jordan Clark played for Chessport and all and players like that played very local. And it's obviously amazing to watch now on the world stage too. So what was it about watching Faf de Plessis uh, that really excited you? I think it was the way he batted and I think my brother started trying to teach me how to bat like him and when I was learning how to bat, when I was like eight or nine, but I think he was just amazing. Like when he played, and it was he played for the Red Rose too. We all supported Lancashire, and and obviously, yeah, he was one of the best players in the world at the time, and still is now. I uh, remember him. He only spent a couple of years at Lancashire, but he made quite a big impression in that time. He was someone who I think came really as a batter, but turned out to be a pretty handy bowler at times as well with his spin. He could uh, field incredibly well as well. He was a real, real find for Lancashire for, as a coal pack player for a couple of years. Yeah, it's obviously amazing. Like you, when you get a player that is all round, you can field, you can bat, you can bowl. You found someone special, and he was very special for Lancashire. So your brother tried to get you to bat like him. Um, 
what what in particular was it about his batting that that you tried to um kind of emulate? See, I can't remember. I I remember quite a lot. I was still quite young, but my my brother used to just want me to like play drives like him or just do the same things that he did because he was just so like he just looked so good when he batted. I think my brother was all about what I looked like when I was batting, not how it went. So I think it was all look. And he's gone on to captain his country, um, South Africa. What a job he's done there as captain of all three formats of the game as well, which is quite something you, you don't always get it these days where someone will be captain in ODI, T20 and Test. Yeah, it's obviously quite a big achievement for him to be able to captain in all three formats. Like I just think you don't get that much like, in, in countries many often. So for him to have played at Lancashire, for me and my brother and my dad to go and watch him and watch him grow, it was uh, quite weird to watch him on doing well for South Africa. Have you met him? No, I never met him. Need to get it sorted. (laughs) Yeah, my brother would love to as well, I think. Um, Do you think you'd be nervous if you did, despite all the amazing um, sportsmen and women that you must have met now during your career? Yeah, I think so. I think it's because of, like, he impacted on my career when I was younger and watching cricket when I was, that was the sport of me watching Lancashire play and the sport of me wanting to play cricket myself and and for my brother as well, it'll obviously be a big moment if he met him too. I'm that sure, weird, a bit, a bit surreal. I'm sure you'll get the chance one day, um, given the circles that you uh, you mix in and the circles that he mixes in. He might be uh, coming towards the end of his international career, but yours has uh, very much uh, only just started over the last uh, four years. Sophie, it's been an absolute pleasure uh, to speak to you, to find out a little bit about your life and your career and to find out about your sporting heroes as well. So thank you very much for your time on Radio City Talk this afternoon. Thank you very much. Lancashire and England cricketer Sophie Eccleston picking her sporting hero on the Sporting Heroes podcast this week. My name's Matt Jones, and if you hit the subscribe button, you'll get a brand new podcast in your box every single time we do one that'll download for you automatically. And also you can go back and listen to some of the ones we've done in the past with the likes of Jamie Carragher and many, many more.